Why did you hold on? But why did you say Lionel? Because we were joking about peeing with a bo- with a boner, and I was like, did "Is you your name? Sp- are you drinking beer off your keyboard?" <laughs> I'm zamboniing where I spilled beer, Jack. Is that a weird thing? <laughs> no. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the Creative of the Town podcast brought to you by us over at AtoZHorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. Quite frankly, right now, Sweden can lick my bridge, Jack. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone else who got a hand job in a van at a festival. It's Mark. Hello. For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. And this week, we watched 2017's The Ritual, which was not a Jack pick, as I was gaslit into believing not 20 minutes ago by these other two jabronis, gaslit. but was, in fact, a Jake pick. <laughs> no, it uh, wasn't. <laughs> it was not a Jake pick. <laughs> Motherfucker. Was it a Jack pick? Who picked this fucking movie? Gaslighting. <laughs> <laughs> Who picked this movie? I swear to God. I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. Where well, if it wasn't you research? and it wasn't me, who was it, Jack? Mark? Yes. yes. I didn't expect Mark to pick <laughs> this dumbass. movie. Dumbass. Good work, Mark. I like Didn't that the, like the order of operations from a guessing perspective was Jack, Jake, Jack again, and then Yeah, Mark. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like, he has to <laughs> well, double check whether it could have been you guys, himself. You guys pulling like a double ta- <laughs> double team, double lie on me seemed more likely. Actually, I didn't say it was me either. I just addressed your question. No, you said, yep. Yeah, but you were like, Jake, and I was like, yep, what do you want? Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, lighting. we've got a Patreon right now, but that's not where your money should be going for a variety of reasons, not the least of which being that last display. <laughs> My God. <laughs> we are currently donating all of our Patreon proceeds to Feeding America because there's better places for your money to be going. And if you don't want to donate there, please do what you can to help somebody who needs it. We continue to use blacklivesmatters.carrd.co as a good place, uh, a compilation of ways you can help fight against the systemic racial injustice across this country but if you need a little escape with uh, escapism with us for the next little bit hopefully you can have some fun in the horror world so boys let's do the getting drunk parts on that score let's do beers for beers hey jake hey jack yeah bud you're I, way, wagging your I'm finger wagging my me. finger because i appreciate the effort to not say on that score like five times <laughs> You're getting there. You'll nail the really transition hard. in roughly a year. It's, I think we got Jake, it. Jake, it's only been 204 episodes. I don't. You know, I haven't quite locked well, it in th- yet. You you did have it locked in, and we've under for good reasons had to add some things that we say at the start of our episodes. So I get it. It's tough. <laughs> Fair enough, Jake. What are hey. your beers for these fears? Yeah, these fears being the ritual. You I'm know, going Jake, because you picked this movie. I, because yeah. apparently, I picked this movie. Um, I'm going back. Okay, we're heading into winter, and I'm going back to something that we did in the spring because uh, we're going up the half pipe, so to speak, on the COVID side of things again. Oh boy. And it's going to be a really hard winter for your local brewers, so I'm going back to trying to do as much local as I can. This week, what I wanted to do was get something that was like more on the wild fermentation side because that's what this movie felt like to me. I'm still trying to go with beer styles that I think fit as much as possible. I actually ended up with a cider and not a beer this week. I have Stack Rock Cider. Uh, I'm showing these guys the bottle. So it's from just outside of Boise. You can kind of yeah. see the antler there. That visual reference is something that only they're going to get, or if I take a picture and post it on Patreon. I thought Patreon it was a Patreon hand members. until you told me it was an that's, antler. That's an antler. You can kind of yeah, see it. checks out. Uh, yeah. So anyway, this is Backcountry. Checks out. Wild fermented cider. I think it's a hole in one. Master's week. <laughs> Good. 
good. It'll and it'll certainly be Masters Week when it comes out. Oh Jesus! <laughs> There's only one more day of the Masters. <laughs> Um, I like that. I went local as well. Uh, Jake, if I told you that one of our favorite local breweries has a seasonal beer that comes out between Christmas and Thanksgiving, or between Thanksgiving and Christmas, rather, I'm still right. That's most of the Um, year. Still correct. Um, uh, That is, that I thought fit this movie very well. Would you know what I'm talking about? I mean, it might have been the one that I tried to go and get, and they didn't have any. It was Uh, yesterday. I I tried to go to Woodland Empire. Yeah, I tried to go to Woodland yesterday, and they didn't have what I was looking for. Well, I got myself a growler of the Beast Moans Imperial Stout. How are you getting it? I was there. It was at Albertsons. What the fuck? It was on tap at Albertsons. It's not between Thanksgiving and Christmas even. I've got myself a nice little growler, nice little taster of this very intense Imperial Stout. So I'll be mowing down on that. A growler of Imperial Stout seems aggressive. It's going to be a crazy day. It's also 11 a.m. as we record this. It does go nicely with coffee, though. Yeah, but it's like 5 o'clock p.m. Greenwich Mean Time, I think. Exactly, exactly. Beast moans, because this is a movie about a a very moaning beast. Yeah, spoilers. There are spoilers. Uh, This is a creature feature. There's a A lot of beast moans. Hold on. A very moany beast? Yeah. Okay. Just checking. Just checking. <laughs> That's what they call me. Yeah, <laughs> that was my nickname in high school. Um, oh. <laughs> I think it's self-explanatory. Mark, what are your views for these fears? I also went local, and I went double local. So first off, from Uinta, I got a Wild Mountain West Pale Ale. W-Y-L-D for whatever reason. Is it? Um, but, yeah, that's pretty obvious. They the always spell the... shit weirdly, I feel like. Yeah. The West do. doesn't really fit, though. It's the, they're in the west side of Sweden, but also the art on the can, uh, the art on the bottle is the view from the inside of a tent, looking out over mm-hmm. a like river and forest and hiking area. What, yeah. what kind of beer is that again? It is a Mountain West Pale Ale. Okay, so that's not there's no like wild fermentation happening, but no. okay, got it, got it, okay. And then also from Uinta, I got a Detour Double IPA. So if you put the two of them together, you got a wild detour, and Certainly that is what exactly <laughs> what happens here because they do that go off trail in order happens. to cut off a section of walking um <laughs> i think we all did a great job this week you guys you know this is one of our better showings yeah. i think honestly yeah I think we did we, we might need thing. to include uh jake take note we might need to include a fourth everybody wins option yes i <laughs> will include that no one will select that mind you <laughs> that's we'll not how things option. work around here okay with our vindictive fucking patrons <laughs> in any case, drinking beers and watching the ritual isn't the only thing we might have done in the course of the last week in the horror world, uh, except it is for me. Uh, we might have also experienced some other shit. Do we have any lost beers for fears to pay up on boys? Hell Mark yeah, does, dude. So let's cue that sound effect. Mm, beer. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. What a... Idiot! You suck, you duckass. All right, Jake, you said you do too. What do you got? Well, I have one that's pretty old. We watched Dog Soldiers like a million years ago. (laughs) That was a war horror movie, and both Mark and I lost us that one. He at that it was Mark at that. Yeah, Mark, you created a poll uh, about watching another war horror movie, and Jacob's Ladder from 1991, I finally got around to watching it. I decided to watch this the same week that we watched The Squad, because I was like, I'm just going to watch war horror movies this week. That was a hell of a week, because I couldn't get into that vibe either, as you remember from The Squad episode, because it was like election week, and I didn't want seriousness. I'm going to have a couple things to say. Um, I'm going to have a really hard time not 
spoiling this. Spoil spoiling. Fuck, I can't have you seen Jacob's letter before? Real quick. I had not, but I knew it was about. Oh my god, I can't talk. I had not, but I knew what it was about. I'm gonna have a tough time. It's like a 15 year old movie. If you're that worried about spoilers, yeah. Well, okay. So this seconds. one came out in like 1990, and this is one of the uh, several movies. 15 years ago, yep, 1990. Only 15. Good work, Jack. Uh, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> it's 30 years old. Come on. <laughs> Uh, this is one of those that came out around that time that was it kind of made its hay by the fact that it had a big old twist in it. And I'm not going to say much about this, but it involves a a medic in Vietnam who's wounded and then it basically follows him along his journey with PTSD and trying to reintegrate into the world. This is definitely more of a drama than a horror movie. And I, I can't speak to what they did with the remake. It looked like they were probably trying to take it in more of a horror direction. Might never watch it, to be honest. Didn't feel like it was a movie that needed to be remade. This was directed by Adrian Lin. Is that right? The guy who did like a, a whole bunch of like psychosexual thrillers and then this movie? <laughs> Is that true? I think. Yeah, Adrian Lin. Yeah, directed, directed yeah. by Adrian Lin. Yeah, like yeah. Fatal Attraction, Indecent yeah. Proposal, like just a bunch of shit and then this. Yeah. Anyway, definitely more of a drama. I thought the performances were good, well-filmed, and I think that the thing that's going to stick with me the most is that there were definitely a lot of very disturbing images in this movie. It performed pretty well in that regard. Ultimately, it's not going to be like you sit down with the intentions of watching a through and through horror movie, really good movie, good twist. You probably know what that twist is going into it 30 years later, but Hey, I saw it. I'm happy. I did probably not one that I'm going to go back to though. How long is it? I oh fuck! It's like al- it's like long. almost no. It's like almost two hours. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think it, it was like just shy of two hours. I don't know. It's been yeah, a couple weeks 56. since I watched it too. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I've now seen it. Mark, have you seen that one yet? I have seen it, okay. and literally the only memory I have of it, I actually don't even remember really what the twist was. I may have fallen asleep while watching it. Um, the only thing I remember about it was that it was slow and kind of boring. So I, mm. I resonate with with Jack's comment of I remember it being sure. obscenely long. <laughs> well, eventually you'll you'll catch up with your beers for fears bet segment thing. So yeah, I you know I'm at a pace of about one a week, yeah. so I'm getting there. Yeah. Um. Okay. I have one more to talk about, and I'm going to go through this one quickly too. I lost. What was it? Fucking hold on. Hold the phone. You're going to have to tell me. Stop the <laughs> You're show. You're going to have to tell me what movie it was. Uh, I watched Digging Up the Marrow, which was a creature feature, and that was oh, kind yeah. of the theme of the poll. What was the movie that I lost that for, Mark? Uh, well, I haven't put it in our document yet, so I'm going to have to go to Patreon to look. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> hold. Whatever. I lost a movie recently. Listener, we're very prepared, okay? I just want you to know that, that we spend a lot of time preparing. Yeah, whatever. I watched Digging Up the Marrow. I was happy that Mark included this and that it won because I've seen it before. I liked it. Uh, Mothman Prophecies. Oh, yeah. So it was, it, was cri- it was cryptids. Yeah, it wasn't creature feature. It was cryptids. So I like this movie. Uh, really easy watch, a little bit lighter hearted, and it hit me exactly how I wanted it to this time as well. I think this is a pretty recommendable one for people who don't watch as many horror movies. As at the same time as it's a pretty recommendable one for people who are super deep into the genre because this is kind of like a mock documentary directed by and starring Adam Green who did like Hatchet and a bunch of other movies that you've seen in the genre. So if you know horror, there's going to be a lot there for you to sink your teeth into. And at the same time, I think that it's for the most part breezy enough for you to just go in and like have a good time. This is a decent one to throw on around the Halloween season too because it's kind of just about monster hunting to be honest. It's yeah. a cool movie. He, he, 
He's like playing a fictionalized version of himself who is like a monster hunter. He is right? just playing himself. <laughs> uh, he's playing. Okay, so the, the the synopsis here is that he's playing himself and he's like making a documentary and he runs into this guy who claims that monsters are real and he like knows a lot about them and studies them and all this stuff. But monsters aren't really monsters. They're just like the rejects of uh, like human society. So, you know, people that are born with birth defects, et cetera, and are like thrown away <laughs> more or less they end up like going and forming their own society that lives under the earth in a place that he calls the marrow <laughs> that's what that's that's what this movie is about pretty solid and even kind of though a batshit concept like him making a documentary it's not all found footage right no yeah Mythics. it's not it's not no it's, well it's not really found fo- i mean yeah, it's it's like documentary footage it's documentary footage yeah i wouldn't call this found footage i mean if you want me to there are definitely parts but <laughs> it's a documentary like Fair enough. that's what it is there enough mark what you got yeah i got a whole bunch of stuff so first off jack you've already weighed in on this one um but i dipped my toe into autopsy of jane doe once again so hell yeah yeah we hadn't watched this one since i was after one of the omnibuses that might have been like the 20 that might have been the first omnibus we ever did the 2017 one yeah, because we watched it like a day after it came out. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I don't think we need to spend too much more time talking about this because now this is the fourth or fifth time it's been brought up on this podcast. <laughs> but it's still good. Brian Cox and Emil Hirsch do a good job. I still don't care at all about the CG fire or smoke effects because I actually think they look fine. And <laughs> other than that, the movie rules. Yeah, it's a very good movie. Yeah, it's out there still freely available on uh, Netflix, I think. What did I watch this on? Yeah, Netflix. Netflix, Netflix yeah. So... There you go. It's free. If you haven't seen it, it's a great spooky. I had I, the reason I had saved this one to watch actually was because I had it in my head that it was much more like a tumnal, but it is set like dead center in the middle of summer. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, I it's fucked also, that one up, I guess. They barely leave the autopsy room. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's true. It's all underground. I think it's because it's like a Salem witch trials witch in question. It's got that kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, th- there is there is probably like a few of the puzzle piece nitpicks you can you can put together for this one of just like as they're piecing this together. She's like, wait a minute, loam from the northeast? Shit, Salem Witch Trials. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, still a great movie. We all recommend you go watch it. Yeah, yep. Autopsy um, Jane Doe's fun as hell. Yeah, yeah. what order? And you what are lost ride? for we lost for some witch movie. Sure, why not? Something like that. <laughs> See earlier comments regarding preparation. What else you got? Uh, that's it for uh, Beers for Fears, losers. Okay, yeah. let's cue Scatman to talk about regular rocking horror worlds. Scatman's world. So I've got nothing. Uh, this last week I was in trial, so every one of my waking minutes has been uh, entirely um, horror. Just, yeah. <laughs> uh, Preparing for trial, re-listening to uh, very bad audio uh audio recordings of or copies of cassettes from county commissioner meetings in 2005 so i could get ready for cross-examination i object that nailed it jack i would like to bring up some evidence to the counterfactual representation of the thing you just said okay no you're supposed to say sustained oh sustained cool uh (laughs) we spent you and i jack spent about two and a half hours hunting ghosts the other day. Oh, shit. I do have something to talk about. Hell yeah. yeah. I forgot about this. Last weekend. Yes. Yeah. Why don't you tell the listeners about Phasmophobia? Mark and I played a game called Phasmophobia. Uh, this is in what? I think it's in early access. Maybe not even in beta yet on Steam. Yeah, but I mean, it. half the games on Steam are st- still say that. That's just their excuse. Like, yeah, it still kind of sucks, but don't blame us. Early access. <laughs> we, we made a bad game. Just call it a beta. 
Fine. Um, either way, uh, Mark, it costs what fifteen bucks, I think. Not even, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, and it'll be on sale here, and probably something. when you're listening to this, it will be on sale because it'll be right around the time that Thanksgiving sale comes out. Nice. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, it, so this is a game where you, ha- as I understand, you can't, you can play by yourself, but it's a lot less fun to play by yourself. Really, at least two play with other people online you are a team of ghost hunters like the early 2000s ghost hunters show kind of ghost hunters where you like go to a house and it starts in your van you pick the tools you want to use you go inside and you use those tools to try and figure out get clues to take back to your van to try and figure out what kind of entity you're dealing with Mm -hmm. um and you get money based on how well you do or you just die as mark and i did over and over and over (laughs) again a lot Uh, (laughs) um and so there's things like uh, die the ghost the attacks ghost, you. Yeah, and so like so not for like hook ghost hunter shows. It does not. Yeah, uh, the ghost will like possess you, and if you're like if Mark dies, gets possessed by the ghost, his character just like chokes himself, <laughs> which is yeah, uh, kind of cool. Um, it's you know you have tools like an EVP machine, you have like a black light, you have like a camera, you have just so you can like set the camera down and go back into the van to check the camera temperature recorder, and you can only carry three items at once. So it's like picking which tools you want to use, setting them around, going back, monitoring stuff. Um, it's pretty fun. It is the 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 tutorial does not teach you how the fuck to play this game. <laughs> it, it is one of the least intuitive games I've ever played in my whole life. Yeah, it's it's a little bit difficult to get the swing of things. And, I, I mean, we didn't even get one successful hunt down in about two hours. But, that I mean, we oh are idiots, God. so whatever. Take that with a grain of <laughs> accurate also um i hope it is just an early access and won't end like this because the animation like the look of it is all rough point just because you have that like that additional layer of immersion that you're actually making the choices and And i'll tell you this i was legitimately frightened when we were playing this game mark some of the shit was actually fucking freaky (laughs) some of it's pretty good yeah even if it's just like the odd jump scare that comes out when the ghost attacks you yeah and it's it's also super fun to play because you like have to talk to like Mark and I have to talk, you know, just like uh, over. We ended up not using the in-game chat feature because it sucked. It just had a separate hangouts call going so, on. So, and actually, I think that's one of the things we did wrong because I was talking to a buddy of mine at work who also plays the game. And I it, the I so one of the hooks of the game. I don't know if you said this or not yet, Jack. Is that it has voice recognition, so you know the ghost's name going in and you're like john doe are you here are you in this room and it'll respond if you say its name and ask it questions um but like jack just said there's an in-game like local voice chat thing that you it's not a toggle you have to like hold it down to hit it so we stopped doing it immediately and i'm pretty sure that's why we couldn't get any of the evp stuff to work (laughs) that makes sense because we were just chatting over like you know skype or whatever and then that we weren't actually using the in-game recording thing so whoops yeah so, I mean, game's got some kinks that need to be worked out. It is, you got to figure out how to play it. There's a high barrier to entry in terms of learning to play, but it's super fun and legitimately frightening. Like when you're up in the attic and the lights go off, I was like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> it's like legitimately scary. Very fun to play. Yep. Uh, so I got that, I guess. Yeah. Yep, there you go. Um, uh, Mark, what do you got? Sure. Besides phasmophobia. So another quick one that I'll just touch on because we've already spent too much time talking about it, but I did finally uh, finish Bly Manor. Huzzah. Oh, nice, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, listener, I, there's not much more I can add here. I will just revisit the original take I had, which is that it's not as good as Haunting of Hill House. Still pretty high-quality shit. Do not fucking watch The Turning because it ruins everything. <laughs> <laughs> which, for the record, is unrelated except for based on the same source material. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, it kind of gives away the the mystery of what's happening 
to a certain right. extent. They do it. They do it a lot differently in the turning. But, but, but for a listener who didn't hear your many rants about the movie The Turning, it's not like it's an episode of this show or something like that. Right, right, right. The Turning is a, a separate movie entirely starring Finn Wolfhard that came out in February, I think. <laughs> that I might have picked on my sure top you one did. that month. I don't know. You probably did. Um, <laughs> famously bad choice. <laughs> that movie was so bad it ruined itself and other stuff for me. So it had splash damage associated with it. Nice. Um, what else you got, Mark? Sure. Um, have either of you guys watched Never Hike in the Snow? Because we put that one off for a week. I oh, threw I... this one on yesterday because as we recorded this yesterday was Friday the 13th and I needed something quick. Very I nice forgot choice. To. Yep. So let's talk uh, about I it now because that's two thirds of the podcast. What'd you yeah, think, Jake? We're going to do it. Um, I like, I liked it. I, so Womp Stomp uh, and fucking what's his name? Renee Vincent DeSanti, uh, who directs these. They're making really high quality. And for the listener who doesn't know, these are, these are yeah fan fan yeah. films in the Friday the Thirteenth series. They're like yeah. so it's like in that universe, uh, but they're they're found footage movies. They're they're and the first mm-hmm. one, Never Hike Alone, is great. Yeah, and I know we live in like we are now firmly in you know an era where people can make pretty good looking stuff from a fan film perspective but there's something about the overall like polish to these that i think feels a little bit different and separates it from what you typically are used to it's pronounced Uh, polish sorry it's pronounced polish sure some polish yep i liked this but not as much as never hike alone Um, agreed Never, never hike alone. It had an interesting hook. I like the found footage element. Uh, this one took a decidedly different approach, and it just wasn't <laughs> yes, as interesting to me. It's still good. I mean, it's twenty five minutes. There's five minutes of credits on a thirty minute movie on YouTube. It's twenty five minutes long. Like you can throw this on and watch it and be done in the same amount of time as an episode of literally anything mm-hmm. that you would throw on Netflix. In like a quarter of the time of listening to this podcast. Oh God, yeah. You, uh, <laughs> you'd be done with it by now. I think. <laughs> So just do that. Do that. Well, I mean, let's be clear. Download our podcast and then rate it five stars and then do that instead, instead of listening. Yeah, yes. it's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I had, I had a very similar take. Never Hike Alone is one of the best, like, 30-minute fan film things I've ever seen. Like, it's such a great combination of found footage survivalist versus Jason stumbling onto a remote camp Crystal Lake. Yeah. This one was much more about, like, the interpersonal dynamics of the townsfolk who live outside of Camp Crystal Lake. Mm-hmm. And aside from the intro, I mean... There's not a lot. <laughs> there's not a lot going on here from the Jason perspective. So, yeah, I, it's a, I, it is certainly a worthy fam, fan film, but... Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good call out. I would say 20 minutes of this, has, there's no... It's not Jason related. <laughs> I mean, it's related, but it's not Jason. Jason so. adjacent. Yeah, it's Jason yeah, adjacent. Is the tongue twister there. And then also, this is just available on YouTube, right? You Correct. Yeah. yeah, both of them are. Yeah. Um, and, and if you ha- both watch watches, I think. If you haven't seen Never Hike Alone, watch that first, and then you can fly right into this one. There is a loose connection. Is there? Yes. Oh, I did not pick up I'm on I'm not going to say connection. it. On... Okay. There's, okay, I, I will. This isn't spoilery. There's a character in this one. Uh, and he, he, like when they're looking through some of his stuff, he has a YouTube video up, which is like the same creator. Oh, I see. One. Okay. I yeah. gotcha. Nice. Ah, nice little Easter egg there. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Lastly, uh, I continued my um my foray into the Moorhead and Benson universe and watched The Endless, which is I mean, I loosely their third film. Um, but Yeah. Yeah. I, you yes. know, they they also do a bunch of other stuff, but I think that's their they're mainly considered their third film. This is on Netflix too. If you haven't seen it and want to watch it, I was 
I think I realized about halfway through that I really wasn't in the right headspace to go back and watch this movie. I had seen it before. This um, is a thinker. <laughs> it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a puzzler. This is uh, opaque to say the least. It, it's sort of like an interesting experiment in how much weird, like that, that type of weird shit that happens in horror movies where people just get fucked with. Yeah. And normally that's like scary in this movie. It's just like weird things happening and the people are more like just complacent and confused than they are terrified. <laughs> Yeah, well, in the way they set you up, the things that would traditionally be scary in movies like aren't where any of the fear comes from in this thing. So right. it's a little bit odd in that regard. And in that way, it fits pretty well into the other stuff that Moorhead and Benson have made, where it's not really the traditional approach to horror storytelling. It's a entirely unique experience. And I think, I mean, at a minimum, even if you're going in watching this not in the right headspace like I did, I still had an enjoyable experience just seeing the strange machinations of how this world is working like Mm -hmm. how wildly specific the interpretations of science and religion and all that stuff are within this world. So, yeah, I mean, they do an incredible job of putting, piecing that together and making it make relative sense in a place that in less capable hands would be just absolutely be a a disaster, a disaster. (laughs) I could do another movie in this world from them. I think, yeah, yeah. I like mean, and that would continue. Perhaps? I haven't Synchronics, seen it. Synchronic. I don't believe is in the same. World. I don't think it's. I don't think it is. Like yeah. Spring, or they're just a different thing. I, right. I could definitely go back to this world with them, though. Um, Certainly, I think this is my week to watch Synchronic. I'm surprised I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, Maybe that's too. that's going to be the next one I go after too. I think I need to figure out how to how to see that. I'm sure it's on Prime. I I will say another thing about this movie is they use enough like visual distortion, and it makes sense in the in the you know canon of the movie why they're doing it but it gave me a headache in the same way that like doing those you know those um those books that you look at that like you cross your eyes magic and look eye. past it the magic eye books and, it, and you see a schooner or whatever when you kind of never once been able to make that work for myself never what? one single time you know never once you know that very specific type of headache that you get when you do that thing or like when you hold a finger too close <laughs> to the bridge of your nose or whatever this yeah, movie sure. gave me that specific headache for the rest of the evening that <laughs> <I just laughs> has never happened to me before but it happened it started as soon as there's a scene kind of at the right at the very beginning when the two brothers show up to Camp Arcadia, um, where it's it's distorted, like whatever camera lens they use or whatever yeah. CG effect they did, it like distorts it in a way that it shouldn't fit like that on a flat screen, and it just like turns the switch on in my brain that was like, okay, Yikes. now you're having now you're having an aneurysm. So hope you enjoy that. <laughs> I don't remember that being particularly troubling. I just remember they do a lot of visual storytelling in this, and I think it like a lot of very specific camera work that I think works very well. It did not it did not do that to me the first time. I like I said, I don't know what happened this time around, but it was just like a switch turned on. I was like, ah shit, now I have a headache. <laughs> in any case, I right. do think the endless is a heavy recommend. I it, it is arguably the most I don't know, Spring is probably the most accessible of their movies, but I would still say it's <laughs> Spring is vastly the most accessible. It's not even close. Really? You don't think yes. the endless is? Uh Yes, I, I, only from my own perspective of people who don't watch horror. Like, I got my fiance to watch Spring with me, and she quite enjoyed it because of the romance lens. Whereas hmm. Endless and like the cult uh, didn't really work. Okay, yeah, that's fair. In any case, I still find it quite watchable. So there you go. Oh yeah, nice, Jake. You talked about never hike in the snow. Don't hike in the snow. What else you got? Nothing, buddy. That was the never that, hike in the snow. I talked. <laughs> Nailed it. That's all I have for this week, dude.
Pretty, pretty solid. Let's go to the feature presentation. Over at ADCHorde.com this week, we watched 2017's The Ritual. Now, Mark, you famously picked this movie. Everybody knows it. Yep. It's uh, yeah, it's in the history books. <laughs> I think we should make Jack uh, give a 30-second plot synopsis. I Well, had you not given up the ghost on that one, Jake, I was going to just let him do the 30-second plot synopsis and then announce proudly afterward that I we had have him. We should have waited until <laughs> after the 30-second plot synopsis. Yeah, fuck. We really, that would have been a better We really bit. boned yeah. it. Okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah, would have been a better Continue, Either Jack. way, Mark, why did you pick this thing? I... A, uh, this is this is in the same vein as what I had ascribed to Autopsy of Jane Doe. In my mind, this is a very good like autumnal viewing, uh, despite the fact that there are scenes in this movie where it's very clearly like springtime. Although that might be magic based, I'm not really sure. Um, and beyond that, we had kind of all watched this when it came out on Netflix in 2017. It was like the end of 2017, I want to say, and uh, liked it a lot. And I wanted to go back and revisit it because a few things with this movie really stuck with me um yeah so why not uh, it's a good movie yeah this was my third viewing of it i think i actually pretty recently maybe back in the spring of this year or who the fuck knows but i i went back and just gave it another watch just because it popped into my head and jack you haven't watched this in 10 years <laughs> it fucking feels like it this year dude. <laughs> so this is my third viewing um and yeah like you said i watched it when it first came out watched it again on netflix and then this time around jake how about yourself uh two and a half I don't know. I so I watched it a while ago, but it was like on while I did other things. I don't know why I did that. I was just like getting That's a weird one for that. I, I, I agree, but it was one of those situations you you'll know what I'm talking about where you're scrolling for a while and you get tired of it. And I knew yeah. I needed to be doing other things anyway, and it was just staring at me in the face. Like That's every awesome. time I went past <laughs> one of the little call or rows of things on Netflix, so I just said fuck it. Uh so basically nice. this is my second viewing, but I'll say two and a half. All right. Now, Mark, you picked this movie, and you know what that means. You're going to have to do this with a 30-second plot synopsis. 30 seconds are on the goddamn clock. It's going to start when you start. Four buddies go on a hike through Switzerland in order to memorialize one of their friends who died in a, in a, in a like, little robbery thing of a liquor store a year before. They uh, One of them injures their knee, and they decide to take a detour through the woods instead of following the hiking trail that they were on. When they are in the woods, they stumble upon a cult and one of the old Norse gods or bastard children of Loki or something like that that uh, fucks with them for a little while, kills them off one by one, and then finally the... The one guy makes it out and turns around and screams at the thing once he knows it can't get it because he's super duper brave. <laughs> I like that you spent time on that piece. I also like the a little bit of a robbery thing. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little bit. I mean, it was a low-end job. You know, it's a bunch of scrubs. Uh, definitely. But, I mean, I got through it. There's not a lot of story here. No. I mean, there's, there's story here in the sense that there's, like, I'm, most of what this movie is is the, like, drama between these four friends and the fracture that the other friend's death has caused in their group. Um, yeah, kind of. But I'll, not obviously I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to unpack that type of psychological <laughs> dilemma in 30 <laughs> seconds. So, Yeah, no, for sure. Um, there, yeah, I mean, some stuff about like the the kind of cult town that they in which they find themselves the, that's like a to worship this quasi-deity. Um, yeah. The bastard son of Jotun, Loki. right? Yeah. Now, I mean, I think a Jotun is... Some kind. It's like similar to a fairy or an elf. 
in in Nordic folklore, right? Well, yeah, I mean, supposedly it's a troll or a giant. If you play God of War, the new one for PlayStation 4, you can go to like Jotunheim and it's its own special world. It's it's there the Jotnar are a group of like yeah, a group of beings within the Norse folklore and they are sundry in origin. But right. in this case specifically, it's enumerated that the thing that they worship is the bastard son of Loki. Yeah, it's like the the Greeks had what the Titans, the gods, and the giants. The Norse had a bunch of shit too, and the Jotun are one of those. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I looked it up. I looked it up, and the vocab word of the week here is astratuarism, which is Scandinavian neo paganism, and that's what a lot of this is based off of. You're getting dangerously close to what the movie does, right? But we still have another segment. (laughs) Dang it! Okay, (laughs) sorry. What in the fuck subgenres of horror this fits into, except people getting fucked with in the woods? Because I'm taking that yeah, one. Primarily, that. primarily. Yep, uh, it's foreign. Cult, <laughs> cult. Uh, it's a. I'd say it's a monster movie. It's a creature yeah, feature. It is. It's a sure. lot of things, which we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you? Would you call? I mean, I'm gonna preemptively answer this question. No, but just for the sake that it's on the record, <laughs> uh, religious movie. No, it's yeah. not. Yeah, it kind of goes with you get what you need not. out of cult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And cult is like it's it's a little bit misused because I'll talk about this later. Like, it's just kind of like their society and beliefs is a little bit different than a cult. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say that it's a cult when like yeah. the thing you're worshiping is readily is measurable and observable, <laughs> it, and you can exactly. point at it like, yeah, it's real. It's right there. Yeah, we'll and come pick you up with the right. weird face hands. See all those things hanging <laughs> from trees. Yeah, yeah and it, with it did most. That. With most cult movies or storylines, there's some like I I don't know I have uh, well, I might like recant of, that before I go there. Never a mind. lot of the the fear in this movie doesn't necessarily come from what the people of this society are going to do to them, right? Only a Correct. little bit of it does. Like, Correct. It's, so it's not a yeah. Not I, a I actually think that's sense. a really interesting discussion point. So let's yeah. get into what the movie does, right? All right, boys. The first biggest one for me people getting fucked within the woods the first third of this movie is so good and so scary and so well paced i i love i think it's really well written it's funny the interactions between these people are believable and the progression with which they start getting fucked with is amazing and terrible so you said first you just third. hit on like six things <laughs> yeah you said first third right i did i it's interesting that you said that because i had a note this time around the th- third mark which is basically the, the first cabin that they encounter where i was like i remember their time on the trail starting to get fucked with lasting a lot longer than this and then there was an entire additional segment of them continuing to get fucked with and things ratcheting up so i agree with everything you're saying but i'll raise you to say that it's basically the first two-thirds but it has an first, interesting progression in terms of how it gets there it does i'll tell you why i said first third and it might not be a precisely correct uh you know delineation but for me this time around it really drags after you have the scene of, of the main guy, or not the main guy, but the, the leader of their crew getting, like, strung up. His name's um, Hutch, I think. Hutch, yep. yeah. And, and his tent has collapsed. Like, every after that, the getting fucked within the woods stuff really starts to drag for me, and I'm really just waiting for that last act to start. I do think that this movie... So I don't know that I... I don't want to say I disagree with you, but I, I felt in watching this that this movie has three pretty neat and tidy thirds like yeah, Jake the... like our couples counselor keeps saying please I, I feel statements not you did statements, I feel <laughs> Jack did this and I hate it <laughs> that's my default. I feel that you suck <laughs> that's my default beginning to almost every sentence <laughs> Jack pigeonholed us into this stupid segment 
<laughs> anyway, I, I feel that the, the thirds of this movie are pretty neat and tidy, more so than I remember, and that, that kind of goes back to my prior statement where I had a note and then I erased it. Like, there is a third of the movie where the, it ends at the first cabin, cabin, and then you have that cabin to basically, like, when they encounter the actual to they get to the civilization, town. yeah, town, and then you have the culty side. Then the end, yeah. So, I think that's a good way to, yeah. to break it up, yeah. And if that's how we're doing it, I agree with Jake that the middle third of this movie is where it shines. Oh, not me. <laughs> I mean, the funny thing, the first third, I mean, really nothing happens at all to them prior to them getting to the cabin. Yep. They find the, uh, whatever, elk or whatever strung up, that's it. Which yeah. is like, and, oh, and fuck. they find the they find the weird runic se- uh, like yeah. sequence. But that's like a shit. two minute segment. Like they most find, of that, they find one rune prior to coming into the cabin, and yeah. then when they come out the next morning, that's when the runes are all over everything. I where I agree with Jack is that I think it sets the stage really well. Like you get a really nice sense of place from when he wakes up in the tent, which is basically immediately. So this movie starts. They're they're out on they're on the town in London and. Dude gets killed at a like petty robbery in a I don't know a mart, and then bam he wakes up in a tent and they're on this trip that they had been talking about. So it's, it's a great way to handle it. And yeah. I guess I guess the one thing we haven't touched on is that there are the two friends are in the the liquor mart together, and the one guy um, Luke, who is arguably the protagonist of the movie, yeah, yeah the the yeah the the main protagonist here ducks behind a shelf so that the robbers don't see him while his friend is beaten to death or something like that. And that creates some internal tension of he should have helped or he should have saved his buddy, which is an accurate take probably. (laughs) It probably is, but, you know, it's uh, it's also a little bit like Marky Mark saying if he was on that flight, 9-11 wouldn't have happened. (laughs) It's nothing like that, really, I think you'll find. but It is a lot like that. It's the exact opposite. Well, okay, it, that would be like Dom's. Like, that's what Dom is saying, I guess. Is what right, okay, exactly. I get you. I get you. Dom would have helped. Dom blown sucks. out his knee. Yeah, Dom does. <laughs> wow, suck. we're in what the movie does right. <laughs> I, and that's part of it. The characters are good. Yeah, and the, they have their, like, you, they're believable as a friend group, but also believably different from each other. Mm-hmm. Specifically, I mean, it, it's important to note that they're all arguing about where to go at the start of everything. And the one guy who's, who dies, whose name I did not have written down, says that they should go on this hiking trail up in, is it Sweden or Switzerland? Sweden. Sweden. In Sweden. Sweden. It's like I think Lapland. I said Switzerland in the, in the 30 second plot synopsis, so that's a point off for me. Did you? I don't know. That's Mark, off. make sure the official record notes that down in your score. Yep, okay. This is, um, this is Scandinavian as. Sure. Yes. Um, um, but in any case, the other ones, you know, one of them wants to go to Vegas, one of them wants to go to Ibiza, one of them, I can't remember what the other dude wanted to do, but the point is that they, they have very, Never. they have various tastes, <laughs> yeah. you know, they, uh, they want to do a bunch of different stuff and Dom is sort of the least physically able of the group. Yeah. Um, I mean, and also like, it, it's like a group of friends that were friends in high school or college that are now like in their thirties. Yeah. Know? I find it believable. I, I, like I find yeah. it believable personally. I could see this being our friend group. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like almost down to who is who. <laughs> well, okay, I, don't, I don't think I want to get into that. Yeah. I want to, I want to do this exercise off air actually. I, I demand to know who Dom is. I actually know exactly who Dom is. <laughs> see what I'm saying? Damn it. See what I'm saying? <laughs> It's none of the three people on this call is what I would say. Uh, oh, that's good news. Yeah. Okay. It's good news for me. <laughs> um, either like, th- so that's a really good thing. And and I, Jake, you, you nailed it, that they set it up really well. And, and I think the, the writing is really good between those two people. Like the, the line about, um, uh, 
my can or my my scout leader always said if it was it wouldn't be called a shortcut if it actually got anywhere it'd be called a route and like you never were in scouts <laughs> and he's like if I wasn't in scouts where'd I get that saying from like I just that's such a weirdly specific line that worked so well it's so hilarious and so real and I loved that line so much. <laughs> yeah, it's written very naturally, and I think that's what we've been circling around for a while. Aside from just the overall concept of these characters and archetypes fitting together relatively well, the script itself lends itself very easily to just being read in a very natural and, in a, and like in a way that makes sense. Yeah. So it's got that going for it. It's got great energy there. Absolutely. Um, also terrifying. Um, I think that when they wake up, you know, that, that first scene in the cabin is, is terrifying. Yeah. I, I uh, think that's the up. height of the fear yep. that this movie does. Yep. Uh, that, there that. are some a few other great scenes of, the, like, the thing lurking behind the trees, but really that shared nightmare sequence where each of them are revealed in kind as having had their own fucked up evening yeah. uh, is... That's amazing. An impeccable execution of yeah. that concept. That That is you, the single best thing this movie does. Yeah. And it does a really good job of making you feel each of their personal fears and experiences individually, right? So you don't just get hit with an overwhelming wave of these people are scared. It, like, brings you through. So first you feel that terror. Then you feel, like, the, the fear of the guy who, like, woke up, pissed himself, and was praying to this weird stick thing. Well, that's two different, two different people. people. But, but no, yes. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, it brings you through the different yeah. fears. Oh, yeah. See, I people. think it's funny that you say it like that because it's I, I appreciated the way that this story is told. It's... It's obviously like third person omniscient, but yeah. realistically it's third person Luke. Like it's just you're just shot over Luke's shoulder the whole time. Yeah. But this would be a like first person style storytelling book where it's just Luke's perspective the whole time, which gives you that very personal experience of what he has in his nightmare when he goes back to the liquor store and mm-hmm. once again can't face the 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 people who are doing the robbery thing. But it and also like gives a- you that glimpse without telling you what is happening to Hutch and Phil and Dom. The robbers have like a, a knife and a collapsible baton, right? They have like strange implements. In that case, I am much more afraid of the collapsible baton. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Except the knife is what does the damage there, isn't it? No, he no, gets they, his they head bash smashed. his skull yeah, in. The baton oh, okay. It. Well, then I have a nitpick with the noise because it definitely made a like knife noise. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It's a yeah. knife baton. It's a baton made of knives. <laughs> Those are <laughs> He duct taped a knife to the end of his baton. <laughs> Classic hooligan weapon. <laughs> he probably did meth heads, you know? And then yeah. they said, Oi, 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 let's go watch some football, mate. <laughs> They'd already been watching the football, notably. This was after there was football on. But then you do finally, just to go back to that scene, you do finally get Luke revealing the wounds that he got in the middle of the night, too, which is like, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. So we're we're now transitioning into one of the other massive things that this movie does right, which is this glimpse of Norse folklore, of astratoirism. Uh, that I'm sure I'm pronouncing correctly. <laughs> Astratoirism. And, I think and we the had first the little, conversation of how to pronounce this when we did Midsommar. The first little, like... Inc- like the first physical manifestation of that, I suppose, other than the runes, is that when he gets bit by this thing, it's not just like a bite; it's like a starfish. It's like a it's like a suction cup stab yeah. wound thing. It's not like a pattern. It's not a wound. It's like a fi- it's probably like a weird 
it, I don't know. It's well, it so that's the interesting thing is that like it is a wound, but like biologically, this thing makes things that leave like runic scars, which is fucking crazy. And I can't avoid because I'm now speaking, getting into the fact that one of the other big things that this movie does right is this creature because holy fucking shit, this oh creature is my so cool. God, it's so it good. They so show good. so much of it. Well, yeah. good and bad to that, but y- no, yeah, no, 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 pure good, pure nope. good. From okay, my I'll, I'm, I'm still gonna give my take later, but uh, Valeshi is an incredible incredible villain we talk about this being a cult movie but realistically aside from tying somebody up one well twice the the (laughs) people in the town don't really do any damage even when they're even when he's like shooting them and lighting their shit on fire they're just like hey come when you look at what the people in town do but then you look at like the reason they're doing it you're like oh yeah that makes sense like of course real, it makes sense. The the real baddie in this movie is the Leshy. I yes. am calling it the Leshy because that's the Norse. Uh, it's it, I guess it is. It's like a cryptid of sorts, but it's the spirit of the forest, and that's I don't know yeah. the Wikipedia page. I actually like struggle calling it a baddie too, which we'll get to. I'm sure. We'll, well to yeah. Okay. It's an old god, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But uh, that thing is. It's for a twenty foot tall elk monster. They it is so well do designed. it so subtly and so. And then build to the point where at the end you just see it with the silhouette of the fire in the background. I mean, it's it's, it it's executed perfectly. Shambles out and then picks the woman up with its face hands. It's that's such an amazing well, scene. A twenty foot tall elk monster is like burying the lead a little bit because it's so intricately designed, right? Yeah. Like it's it has an, so much. Going it's on. an elk monster that has like a quasi religious looking like hooded face thing with human-like hands that spout off of it that it can contort when it stands up and it looks like something totally different. It's bizarre. It is one of my all-time favorite monsters. I and don't blame that take. Yeah, I don't have anything wrong with that take. That that one shot where he's looking back, where Luke is looking back at the cabin at the burning that's burning yeah. and uh, the Leshy is standing in front of it and kind of like arced up a little bit. That was the thing that like burned itself into my brain. Yeah. That I was like, oh, we yeah. need to go back and watch this movie. I yeah, for sure. This. Absolutely. It's so And then he shoots good. it like a dumbass. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. We'll get to this. Has he not seen Princess Mononoke? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, I would guess. Probably not. Oh, man. Um, Before we move on, too, I also just want to talk about... You talked about the sense of place a little bit earlier, Jake, but more than most other people getting fucked with in the woods movies, the cinematography of this film really makes that forest seem oppressive. Like, the, yeah. the trees that have the the branches just straight out, there's no foliage on it at all. Everything's mm-hmm. coniferous, but these they don't even have pine needles on them. That's just like, you can't walk through this because there's no, there's no path. Thick. There's no it room. Thick. It's, yeah. yeah, it is thick and impossible to navigate, and it is mm-hmm. so oppressive and desolate while still being a fully living forest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. It's pretty yeah, unique oh. in that regard. Like there hasn't been I can't think of another people getting fucked with in the woods movies that the woods are like this. Right. The, exactly this is point. this is a more foreign yet totally believable because I, I that's that's a forest. Um it's just and a little it, bit different than what you're used to. They, they shot this in Romania. Yeah, I was gonna okay. say I'm pretty sure yeah. they've shot this in Romania, which is interesting that you didn't just say that you were in Romania in the script, but okay. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I bet they wrote the script before they uh you know. Well, I mean no, it's a totally different that. folklore. Like then you don't get what we're talking about like a jotun yeah, although okay. i do that's i do fair. like like point. folkloric things being in the wrong place that is a thing i very much enjoy so when we make a horror movie we're gonna do like the egyptian old gods but we're gonna be set in like canton ohio yeah i think that is cool like i like when stephen king you he 
Stephen King does it most frequently with which I'm aware and probably most frequently because he's written so goddamn many books. But like he'll use, you know, like Sumerian folklore or like Nordic folklore and just put it in South America. You should play the new God of War. Not new anymore. But that's Uh, all about it on. Is it on Switch? No, no, (laughs) then I can't. I mean, I could. Okay, we'll we'll talk about this off air. We've done this many many times where where Jack says he's going to borrow your PlayStation Four to play stuff and then he never does. Never does. Uh, I hear there's a new PlayStation out. Should I get that? Probably. Good luck getting that, buddy. It's <laughs> probably impossible. in like a year. I actively oh. want one, and I've already resigned myself to not being able to get my hands on until like March. Oh, or really? April. Yeah, dude, it's it's a launch year, and it's COVID. I mean, <laughs> supply chains are what they are. And in fairness, there's no games to play on any of the systems anyway, so <clears throat> it's fine. So We're I want to say one more. I want to I want to get back to the uh, the topic here, and I want to say something else about what we've been talking about regarding like the cinematography and we haven't really touched on the direction though we have tangentially and everything that we have been waxing poetic about just worth saying this is david bruckner directing this who's done quite a few things that we've reviewed and i think enjoyed he did the amateur night segment of the original vhs which was super cool and it then spawned siren he did the accident segment of southbound which might not be our favorite but it is certainly I mean, it probably is the best. I don't know if it's my I favorite. I actually think that might be my favorite from Southbound. It is that, that one's the hardest to watch, uh, yeah, though. It sure is. Um, so he has a little bit going on there, and then you know he he did this. So just worth noting. Yeah. No, definitely. The direction is pretty damn good here he, overall. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what else do we have in Hard Does Right? I have one that will transition us well into Does Middle, because realistically, this scene absolutely 100% does not need to exist in the film, but I kind of am appreciative of the fact that they included it. When he is escaping from the town and decides to go up into the attic and there's a black mass thing happening up there just full of zombies, but they're not, I mean, they're not really zombies. They're just like mummies that (laughs) are still alive. It's the old people that have been part of this because it grants them like longer life. So they've been alive for forever worshiping it. And I think as they get older, they still age, but it's very slowly. Right, right, right. But then he just sets them on fire, and there's like some collective like wheezing, and then he leaves. Yeah, it's I don't a know why he sets them on fire. It's a good scene. It is creepy nightmare fuel, but also 100% unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, it's well executed, but purposeless. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That And that is why it belongs well, in Does Right Middle. I think it does belong in what it does right middle. Like, it's an interesting scene, and it's like, whoa. Uh, it it leaves a mark, but it also gets to a point where I wanted to discuss this, and I, I guess it belongs in middle. I'm having a really hard time with it, but it's it's hard to place, like, protagonist, antagonist in this movie for me on second viewing. The first time, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. But this time, it's like, you have these British guys that, like, come here to go on a hike and then they decide to go through this forest in a super remote area of northern Sweden and they run into this village of people uh they kind of got them they're they're there to blame for running into this right like this is just a culture that exists it's a dick move on their part and then they fucking burn that culture to the ground Like that's what happens. It's a critique of colonialism. It really is. It which kind is of why, is. Like I'm having a hard time picking a baddie at the end, right? I'm if having we're just a hard... going straight. If we're just going straight colonialism, this is the metaphor I think that they were trying to go for here. It it is. Oh, uh, I'm having a hard time picking like who, where to go mentally with this movie. For really sure. hard time. 
But I think that scene also speaks to another interesting thing, which is like, I, I've talked about it all the time, that the best example of it is the original Ghostbusters movie, right? Where Busting makes part, me feel good. Thank Jesus. you. Uh, part of the reason it works so well is because the, the fucking lunatic wrote like a thousand pages <laughs> of Sumerian backstory for why these ghosts are around and how they work. And then like the better minds prevailed. I'm like, no, this is a comedy movie. How about we cut that six hours of absolute horse shit? But it still feels like a real lived-in world because yeah. all the backstory's written what's the, and is like there. What's the movie with the Nightkin? Remind me what that shit's called. The Nightkin? Yeah, with oh. all, the, all the people who live underground and there's a serial yeah, killer fuck. also happening. Oh, my God. Fuck. Uh, oh, God damn it. Pop quiz, hotshot. <laughs> it's so interesting <laughs> that you're mentioning this. Uh, that is that is the example of the movie where maybe they just included a little too much of the Nightbreed. <laughs> Nightbreed. Nightbreed. Nightbreed, yeah. <laughs> they didn't do the editing that they did in Ghostbusters. But this, <laughs> exactly. that, that scene kind of has that feel where it does contribute to the world and I think it's important that they wrote that and that it exists but it doesn't necessarily need to make its way into the movie. Right. Oh and, well, my and that's God. the advantage of, of shooting based off of an existing canonical religion right the stories are already out there all you have to do is be basically familiar with them and, Con- and consistent okay. with them yeah. yeah pick a pick a direction yeah in. yeah jake my thing is wrong go what it does wrong i'll wait oh, okay. if you have something else <laughs> uh the only thing um i had one other thing that doesn't middle let me consult my notes oh i had the the flashbacks to the convenience store that's like overrun with plants and trees stuff and does middle i get why they're doing it from a storytelling perspective <laughs> i think it serves that the thing i did it and like, was wrong because i do not get why they're doing it oh i mean because the thing like traps you mentally and has these psychic powers right and that's oh, yeah. part of what it is um, but it takes it rips you out of the movie when everybody else's nightmares are right there in the world. Going back to this convenience store with overgrowth like does not work for me. So I put it in does middle, but it sounds like that's all that, I had. That's such middle, a good transition so. point, dude. Damn it! Okay, Let's go to does wrong. Thing, but I'll just you couch can it go. In you can you'll, okay. You can couch it there because sure. I everything we've been talking about here relates to the thing that on this viewing was the biggest what it does wrong to me. There's too much written here. In this movie, like this is a movie where people are getting fucked with in the woods and there's this whole friend group dynamic after one of them dies and then they encounter this like cult like society with an ancient old god thing and it dives into that real deep and then it can control your mind. Maybe there's way too much here. I think it would have benefited from being like a little bit more simple. I'm not saying it couldn't have included all that, but as I added thing and like Every single thing that it added to the list over the course of the movie, I was just like, you need to dial it back by like a little bit, and this will be a lot more enjoyable for me. You know what? I, I love this take, and it makes total sense to me because even from like the characters' interaction perspective, the strongest part of this movie is the execution. They feel believable. Yeah. They didn't need as much of the interpersonal drama as they had. Like, they didn't need as much of any of the written stuff that they had. The str- its strongest feature is its execution. Yeah. Or if they're going to go that direction, I think they could have like stuck with that and really let it breathe, but it was doing so so many other things with the level of depth that exists here in this culture that is living in the Swedish, northern Swedish woods. It it felt, it started to feel more scattered as it went to me. I mostly disagree with this take because okay. I think Ooh. that drives the motivation of the characters throughout the, like, you're kind, I, I, I kind of agree with you at a high level sense of like, sure, I get a little tired of it, but I disagree with you in the sense that I can't come up with a better way to execute this while still maintaining the same personalities of the characters. I don't disagree with that, but I think where we're where we diverge is that you're saying you can't think of a better way to like 
execute this, I don't know that they needed to execute everything that they execute. I think that it could have been stronger if it had stripped out like one or maybe two things and just been a little bit more simplistic. What are those things though? I However, think that's what I need is the specific examples. It, I want this to either be more of a more of a getting fucked with leave that stuff a little bit more opaque like you don't need the mind reading element of the beast you don't even potentially need as much depth in the cult like leave it with the friend group getting fucked with in the woods more Blair Witch style that side's opaque or don't have as much of the friend stuff and really go deep on the culture and what they're encountering right and I think that's probably the reason for this is I think that's probably more conventional in what we see in horror like, we have movies where people are getting fucked with in the woods by some crazy force, but you don't really know what it is. And then you have movies where you have, like, faceless characters that are more or less just there to get killed off by this elaborate thing that exists. And this is kind of both of those things. That makes sense. What you're saying is on a spectrum from the Blair Witch Project to Midsommar, you want it to be more one side or the other and not dead in the middle. <laughs> it's doing... It. I think it's doing a lot, and I don't know that I yeah. need it to do as many things that it's doing. It's creating a difficult thing for me to reconcile mentally well like to use the Blair Witch Project as an example like that those characters are given almost zero backstory but you still feel the interpersonal drama between them yeah it builds it but that shit's really hard right because if you don't have that connection of the characters then you end up just having people throw temper tantrums and get over dramatic absolutely right and I, I, mean, I, I still like Specific examples of the things that you would have edited out would be welcome here because I'm still. I I didn't okay. I did not need. I did not need the element, the like mind control element, to be in this movie whatsoever. What mind control element? Everything that these characters are experiencing, like all of the nightmares that they had, were premonitions of something that was going to happen. He makes the protagonist think he's back in the store a lot. He makes the other guy think he's his wife is walking up to him. Like there's, and I'm not saying like you couldn't have that scene because I think that that cabin scene was the single best part of the movie. But you didn't need to like end up explaining all of it. You didn't need to have the whole element where Luke was the chosen one. I didn't need that shit at all. This might be a an agree to disagree thing. I'll kind of agree with you on the Luke is the chosen one thing with his like weird chest scar thing and the witch having the same. But one, it, but, but it looked cool. But still, the chest scar. Like thing collectively, was really cool. I liked all of that stuff. I'm just saying what I put wrong is when I got to the end of the movie, I was like, there was a lot happening here. And typically, what I like is a little more subdued. I will. Ha- I have similar stuff written for what the movie does wrong. I think at a high level. I disagree with this take, but there are some loose sections of the story that I kind of well, Warren does about. wrong, so get to him. Yeah, so a few things. One, I will never fully buy the plot mechanic of a person only paying a little bit of attention and then running fully headlong, full speed into a tree. <laughs> yeah, that type of shit. Nah, I'm nope, no, 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 not even not especially not in the daytime. Like maybe at night, but definitely not that. And then that's followed up shortly thereafter with them sprinting away from the monster going into this uh, cabin and then immediately becoming complacent. You're telling me you get into a cabin, the last cabin you stayed in went very poorly, and you're just like going to sleep on the floor and not no, worry about all knocked, of the people I thought it's that are implied in they get knocked out. They make thunking sounds like the cold well, members hit them boot, over the Well, you see a boot that kicks him in the they face both, from yeah, the first Yeah, they both yeah. just lay down on the inside, and then they're just kind of like lollygagging around there for like 10 seconds, and then eventually they get kicked in the head. <laughs> but like, you gotta, you gotta check your six, man. We covered Mark- this. <laughs> Mark's complaint is that these <laughs> tired and bewildered gentlemen should have really been more on the like on the alert after they ran headlong through a wooden door. I'm saying you got to use that last little bit of adrenaline surge yeah. to to check your corners. <laughs> okay, so their adrenaline production is too low. Is Mark's complaint? Uh yes, that is what this <laughs> movie does wrong. Unbelievable <laughs> adrenaline levels. 
Fair. And then the other thing I had noted under story here was that I I think the execution of the uh, liquor store motif, let's call it, for the first two yeah. uh, occurrences is good because it's channeling grief and yep. fear that that Luke had going back, and that's kind of what the what the demon is trying to do here. Um, but the last one that where the liquor store incandescent lights guide him out of the forest, yeah, that's where the metaphor starts to become very threadbare and, and confusing. Yeah, and that, that's what I'm saying. Like every all of the liquor store scenes rip me out of what is otherwise a very immersive movie. Like that, I feel like I'm in these woods trapped by this thing. The liquor store scenes always kind of rip me out. I liked it the first time. I, really I liked it the second it the time. time. I just find the metaphor to be confusing with that literal, just the single last one. I'm I'm very happy with this conversation because I feel like regardless of what you say, Mark, it's helping the thing that I said earlier, my complaint. As it continues, there's more well, happening. You've talked to me. I feel like everything you say bolsters my opinion. So <laughs> I feel like so we're, we're both winners. I feel like we're circling the same wagon. We're just let's on the other hug. Side of it. Yeah, let's hug. <laughs> Uh, hey, should we blow the whistle? Sure. <laughs> hey, if you've had a night where everybody in the whole cabin got fucked with her one way or another, don't hide a very specifically patterned chest wound for hours. <laughs> That's the dumbest shit I've ever what seen. What are you going to do? Uh, hey, you woke up naked next to a statue praying to it. I woke up with a star-shaped wound on my chest. We're all going through some weird shit here. Something happened. Yeah, yeah. what this movie does is, like, everyone in their own way, most, okay, mostly Luke, but in a lot of ways, people are trying to, like, hold their shit together longer than in most movies and than anyone would ever hold their shit together in a situation like this because they blow way past where you'd be like, okay, we need to acknowledge that there's some, like, high-level crazy supernatural shit happening and we are fucked and they, they have a full-on argument about what the weird shit happened to him and they're like we don't need to talk about it. and he hasn't revealed yeah. that i have a rune-shaped hole in my That's chest but they, but they get there that they get to where you would go anyway with that conversation which is dom being like yeah let's get the fuck out of this forest yeah. i'm going this way instead of that way yeah when i'm not saying it's like st- we should go that way <laughs> That's why it's in nitpicks and not yeah. a structural problem with the story. I'm just saying from a character perspective and from a me perspective, as soon as Jake's freaked out about waking up naked praying to a statue, I'm going to be like, hey, I've got, look at, the, me too. Wait. Look at what happened to me. Wait, so we were saying we were all a character in this group. Are you saying I'm that character? No, <laughs> I'm just saying. Actually, you were the one that didn't abide by that take, so. I, I didn't abide by any take. I was just, I was hoping to God you guys both I think you forgot the dumb. conversation that happened. You no, seem I was like just you forgot the both conversation were making that happened. Me dumb. Nope. You're not Dom, don't worry about it. I know, that's what all I was hoping when that conversation was happening. <laughs> Anyone but Dom, here, right? <laughs> what? I'm the Leshy here. I'm the Elk Monster. That's where <laughs> yeah, I fit into it. this group. Certainly. Okay. Well, where else are you supposed to No, you're like actually the, you're, play into it. You're the really old zombie that gets burned first, Mark. <laughs> yeah, my line in the movie is <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I shined, damn it. Hey, it was a good showing. Uh, let me get back to the nitpick that I had in Does Middle, which yes. is basically just something that the movie does middle, which is that at points, this just goes straight like slapstick, specifically as he's trying to escape. As after he comes down from the attic and grabs the rifle, there's like a 30-second yeah. sequence where he punches an old lady and then accidentally shoots a guy in the chest. Really weird. Okay, so... You could basically put yakety sacks under they, it. They, that 30-second section was like a very strange way... I like this in nitpick, Mark, because it was a very strange okay. way to relieve tension like at the climax of the film. <laughs> like, 
they I get the punching <laughs> the old lady thing like they were throwing in some fucking like uh wicker man shit but yeah <laughs> um the gun thing was laugh out loud funny both times I've seen this movie I laughed out loud uh the punching the old lady was also funny and I'm happy it had kind of like de-escalated me to be able to laugh with it during that one but it was kind of at a weird place <laughs> it's very weird <laughs> This isn't a lighthearted movie yeah. in any way, shape, no, or No, and they're like, right, we're going right to fucking the drop of in the, the movie. Climax. They decide to inject some, some slapstick physical humor. Bizarre. <laughs> Bizarre choice. Oh, shit. Um, I have a lot of nicks. Uh, I, I have one I with uh, I have one with Luke, and it's yep. just to say that Luke is played by Rafael Spall. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, who is it's Noel from Rafe. Shaun of the Dead, which is fucking weird. That's not Who's like who a, from Shaun of the Dead? Noel. The oh, shit-eating grin, phone-on... Kind of yeah. fat, chubby kid in Shaun yeah, of the Dead wow. is is Luke. Um, <laughs> weird. That's like a not pick, neat pick. I don't know. I liked it. It's worth remarking upon. He's handsome. He is handsome. Good for you, Rafe. I had not put that together. Same guy. You got red on you. He got. He dropped some pounds, man. Yeah, dude. Him. He dropped the lbs. The the, ki- the kilogram. Yeah, over there. Kilograms. KG, he dropped the KGs. Dropped a few stone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, nope, same guy. Same guy. Huh. It's a neat pick, I Mark, think. what you got, Mark? Uh, first off, I just want this out there in the universe. Uh, if I depart the mortal coil before you guys and you guys decide to pour one out for me, don't pour out the whole, the whole bottle. bottle. It's like just... Guys, you pour dude, out a drink yeah. and you drink the rest of the bottle. If you want to actually, frankly, what I would prefer is if you pour one out, just hold a glass underneath it and then drink it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's bad luck. That's bad luck. Okay, that's, fine. If you fine, do fine. that, you're going to end up in a, like, a cult a situation. Okay, yeah. do that. Don't empty the fucking flask. It kind of makes sense because they leave the flask in that case, but, like, I mean, I'm expecting you guys to finish that fucker. They had a preposterously low oh, amount God. of alcohol on that hike. For a days-long hike they through were, the woods? They were borderline ultralighting. Yeah. Is that a, is that a diet thing? No, ultralighting is like a method of backpacking where you you. are carrying very, very low amount of gear. Jake, you remember that one time we went backpacking and you were effectively ultralighting and I had a cast iron skillet on my pack? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, basically. (laughs) That sounds about right. And then I was just in the background like carrying like a bunch of electronics and (laughs) a portable gasoline generator. When I go backpacking and I have friends that bring like Nintendo DSs, this is how long it's been (laughs) since I've seen this happen, but oh my God. You're missing the point, gentlemen. Uh, this is a scene continuity thing, but when they first get to that first cabin and it's pouring rain out and they like need shelter, three of them are adequately wet, and one of them is like, I think it's Luke, is just legitimately dry. He's yeah. like very clearly just his agent was on set that day, and, and they were like, no, you're not getting my client wet. He will not be getting pneumonia from this shoot, sir. Well, a- along the same lines, I mean, this this movie does have some effects issues with for how dark it is, especially towards the end, like how comfortable it is just putting you in very, very dark scenes. Some of the night scenes were clearly shot during the day with like a night filter over the yeah, camera. Yeah, this is this is in direct contrast with the squad that we just reviewed. That was a good example of shooting dark scenes with like flashlight lighting. This is one where a lot of the scenes at night, you can tell they at least have like a bank of stage lights going yeah. on or a blue filter or whatever you want to use. It didn't, it yeah. didn't bother me, but it's noteworthy. Is that fair? It is. 
yeah. I honestly had track of I had trouble keeping track of like what time of day it was in some of those scenes because it mm. it also changes between well, like cuts. The other hard that's the Blair Witch thing, you know, you never really know what time. Yeah, it is. this is a super small addendum to that, but the hard thing for me to reconcile was I was like, okay, they're in northern Sweden, like Lapland area, presumably during the summer because that shit would be impossible during the winter, or even in a shoulder season, it'd be dark a lot. Like, it's not going to be dark for very long. If at no. all. And, and they, they even mention, right? It yeah. stays dark for the people here are crazy. It stays dark for months on end. Well, yeah, but so. also there has to be a time in those in those seasons where the day night cycle is sort of regular, though. You mean like the equinox? That, yeah. Like when it might be equal? Yeah, exactly. Something, <laughs> something I don't like think, that. I mean, but I feel like if you're on a trip, you'd probably there. If you're on a trip there, you'd probably do it during the summer. The equinox would be very cold to hike yeah, through. Yeah, you would do it during the summer, mountains. and you'd have, like, basically, you know, like, two hours of night. Hmm. But then you wouldn't sleep. I mean, you would. You'd probably bring... Uh, actually, neat pick. Uh, I forget his name. Fuck. One of the characters. Hutch, the one, the, Phil, the one who Dom, pra- or Luke. Phil. The one who, Phil. Just, like, ends up praying. Fell in love with Naomi Watts' character, did you? Uh, he, when they <laughs> come out of their tents at the start of the movie, like, they're there, and then they come out of their tents, he has a like a sleep mask on, which is what you would need to do in that situation is just have a mask. There you go. I mean, pick. I also fully buy that it might just be light and the canopy of the forest that they're in is dense enough that it gets dark. Yeah. It's thick forest. It would be, it would definitely be darker. Yeah. I don't know. I mean that, yeah, we've, we've spent a good amount of time up at Mount hood and the forests up there are dense enough that it's just is suddenly dark somehow yeah. at like, it's like 3 PM constant twilight. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Deep in the woods, um, baby. Jack, maybe you can enlighten me on this one just because you know a little bit more about like handcuffs and stuff than I do, but I've always been very dubious of the concept of breaking your thumb in order to get out of like a rope hold or a silk it, tie. Oh, this, know, is out, the, out of, this is the Gerald's game thing. It, yeah, so it can work, but you have to break your thumb. In it. There's a lot of ways you can break your thumb. And I don't and think he only, did it. In the, he did it in the raw, exact wrong he direction. He just cranked on his thumb is all he did. Like it's just He just gonna, tried to wrap it around the, the, the rope itself. I feel like he like, wanted to dislocate the, the shit out of it direction. back, right? Like, Well, because you, you, what you have to do is break the bone here yeah. such that it's just kind of swimming freely in the tendons and stuff, and then it can move upwards towards your forefinger or into your palm right yeah exactly yeah and he just kind of just went like i'll just break it (laughs) any break yeah it's it's a one break equals all breaks in fairness he (laughs) might not have known shit and he was like i'm just gonna break it because i think yeah yeah that's what a brave person would do here they'd break their thumb (laughs) i've seen i've seen a jason statham moving yeah (laughs) uh neat pick but also sort of nitpick because this is horror uh he didn't get he didn't there was no degloving i'm happy to not watch degloving although i think that would probably yeah i don't feel like that's any any pick at all i don't feel like we just assume a degloving is gonna happen i don't know man scene right after that would have been even more jarring if it immediately (laughs) succeeded a degloving scene he slaps somebody and there's a bloody handprint i mean honestly in fairness this this is not a note that i took i had no concept i didn't the thought didn't cross my mind frankly watching the movie you just mentioned gerald's game or you didn't but you made me think of it and then i thought of the degloving scene and i don't want to see that again ever i hate how much degloving comes up in my actual life it's all the fucking what? time and I hate that's it. employment law for you bud yeah <laughs> oh hold on <laughs> hold on there's a what? world that I, we'll talk about this off air there's a world that okay. i'm missing out i feel out like this here. is a very straightforward i'm surprised you're as surprised by this i am sure i have no concept i'm the majority of my practice is employment law <laughs> like it's a lot of OSHA investigations, etc. Lockout, tagout, you know? Is it a common occurrence? Yes. It happens all the fucking yes. time, dude. The yes. fuck? Yeah. 
Okay. I mean, I don't know, dude. I work in marketing. I sit at a computer. I don't deal with this shit. I'm surprised you haven't seen someone get degloved just like using a keyboard, you know? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Their finger gets stuffed in the, stuck in the shift key, and then it just gets pulled right off. It's a problem with those mechanical when keyboards. When you have to reach, man, you're hitting, like, control, shift. Unless reach. one of you guys has a really good nitpick, we're going to raid it. Uh, one more uh, thing. One more quick thing. Why things. the hell did the townsfolk speak English? That doesn't make any goddamn one sense. One of them They're did. Deep. Well... Yeah, okay, fine. Why do any of them speak English? I I don't know, because... Because they're two miles from a main road? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're very near, stuff. they're very near, at least, uh, a lodge. And I, I, I don't know, I don't think it's that... That didn't bother me, uh, Mark, because she could have easily had contact with the world. Like, that's I not think a I, weird thing. Honestly, what I would prefer in this case is what they did in the first part of that interaction where he's trying to talk and the, everyone else is just sort of like mumbling at him in Norse or Swedish or whatever language they're speaking. And then like have them do the Saving Private Ryan thing where what they're saying is actually what, you know, what yeah. you, know, you go to the trivia page and you learn what she was what trying to saying. tell him. Yeah, but, that would have been very cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But all of a sudden, you just have this one person who speaks English. It also would have helped Jake's the issue with the overwritten thing. Well, too. I yeah, mean, exactly. I think that that's certainly an intentional thing to have her character be someone who can literally, like, legitimately communicate with him because because they can make that connection. And that, to me, goes right back to what I was saying about how I found it interesting that, like, who is the bad guy here, right? Well, yeah, and, and also, they're, they're not a cult who's, like, trying to seclude themselves from the world. They're just devoted to this god. It's not like they're... They kind of have to be. I mean, I don't know. They, they She does say, I mean, she clarifies. She's like, look, we this is where we live. We basically, like, bargained with this god. Look at the fucking thing, because it's giving us long life. That's the situation. Here's the situation. <laughs> Your parents went away on a week's vacation. You're here. You can bow to it and live, or you could die. Or you could choice. run away and scream at it from 20 feet beyond the tree line. That thing would run him down. I mean, it does run him down pretty quick, but that thing... Okay, don't fucking shoot it, okay? Don't shoot it, maybe. Yep, obviously. Accurate. Like, obviously. She, point. she's gone, just Princess get Princess Mononoke, we've all seen it. Don't, don't shoot it. Just don't. That's a nitpick. Don't shoot it. <laughs> I think I had another one. I can't remember what it was, though. Going out cool. on a whimper, then, huh? Uh... <laughs> nope, that was it. That was the cool. one. Cool. <laughs> uh, whatever. Don't shoot the thing. That's a pretty big nitpick. Ratings. Parents all the same, no matter time, no place. They don't understand that us kids are going to make some mistakes. So to you other kids all across the land, there's no need to argue. Parents just don't understand. We over at ADC Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think about Tom Silva, who would rate water getting in. That's right, and as a builder, I know water is the house's enemy. You got to worry about paint failing, you have to worry about wood rotting, and you have to worry about mold and mildew. And for 10, think about this local newscaster who would rate the size of the whale blast. For the blast blasted blubber beyond all believable bounds. Story's the first game to rate these movies. Mark, this was your pick. Rate the thing for story. Yeah, I gave it a 7. Um, it's... A great. I mean, I'm actually very curious to see where you guys come down on this one because, from down. from my perspective, I don't think they oversell the story here. It's a great interpersonal conflict set against something that is specific enough without being overexplained. That overall, I think the execution of it is 
pretty damn good. Jack, your hair is absurd. I Whoa, cannot. I buddy. Can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't force my way through this. <laughs> Look, I had a lot of shit in yesterday for court to like just tame it all the fuck down, and I haven't showered today, so it's just like residual from. You got being some. You very got, slick. You back. got some pomade there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. dude. <laughs> so there, it's it's loose at points. Like I said earlier, the metaphor of the liquor store guiding him out of the wilderness at that last one doesn't really make any sense. And a few of the like Deus Ex Machina ran into a tree or what got through the door and then immediately passed out so that someone could knock him out and tie him up type shit doesn't really make all that much sense. But overall, I think the story is the story shines here. You guys think I look like Jimmy Neutron? I think I got yes, that. Actually, that is actually, a very accurate representation a, yes. of your hairstyle Ex- right now. And I got a big noggin like Jimmy Neutron. The only problem is the hair color, but other than that, you're golden. <laughs> I think I'm precisely the same Wait, hair didn't color he have, as Jimmy didn't Neutron. Wait, didn't he have golden hair? He had like brownish red I hair, yeah. I thought he had the literally the exact same color huh. hair as me. Okay. Jimmy I thought he had blonde hair. Neutron. <laughs> I would not know, though. I didn't watch the show. Other than that, I did have like a mental picture. I don't, I don't know. I didn't. That's not my thing. Also, I think it was Jake. A little bit, what's your story rating? I think it was all young for us, huh? Can we just pause to reflect for a moment that Jake is the one derailing the podcast right now, talking about an old Nickelodeon television show? I do like this <laughs> this energy. This is what? the energy I like. I like what Jake's you, talking about. Look, the key the key to getting me to engage is recording during the daytime and not the evening time. <laughs> And by yeah, recording before five p.m. when you start to get sleepy. <laughs> oh, dude, no, I get downing. I, I just want to. <laughs> that is rude. A. B. I start getting tired at like three p.m. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Great. Uh, what was the category story? You're just starting. Story. The first one. <laughs> the first one. I'm derailed. It's fine. Uh, I gave this a six and a half. I think that the story here is good. They do a little too much, like we talked about, but broad strokes. I mean, this is a really good people getting fucked with in the woods movie. That on top of that, they the type of fuckage that they get fucked with is really unique and cool. So I like that a lot. That's all that I've said. Nice. Yeah, I gave it a seven. Jake, you had almost talked me down to a six when you were describing your issues with the story during the main cast. You know what's about to happen? What's bumping it up for me a little bit back up to seven is that all of those parts are well written. Yeah, I agree. Yes. It's just there's too much of it. It's an editing problem, not a writing problem. And you know what's about to happen? (laughs) I think I do. It's going to take us into world building and immersion. Mark, what is your world building and immersion score? Okay, I'm concerned about the way you guys left that because I went with an eight here and I'm going to stand by that hard. This is an incredibly watchable movie. I like none of the scenes particularly take me out even when I think the metaphor is confusing. But you know what? Sometimes when you futz with the old gods, you get some confusing metaphors. So I'm okay with that too. (laughs) The execution in the second and well, I mean, realistically throughout the whole movie, and I'll get to this in a little bit later category, but there's a lot of opportunity. There's a high degree of difficulty on this movie. If you think about it, right. And they execute all the way through. There's so many times where they could have dropped the ball and they didn't. And that alone is worth a high score in immersion. You could put this on basically at any point in the background. Jake, I don't know how you did the chores with this thing happening in the background because I would just be sucked right back into it. Yeah. Jake, what's your score for world building and immersion? So this is one where I want to really try to distinguish the world building and the immersion because I feel like it's super duper You can't successful. do it. It's one category, one it's perfect not, category. It's not. I feel like it's super duper successful from a world building standpoint where I, with this viewing had my qualms was my level of as it progressed starting to think more and more about like everything that it kept adding to the equation as it went on ultimately though 
I agree with Mark's take. It just hit me harder and it made me think more about all of those things. So it's not a low score, let me be clear. It's just, it's a movie that I couldn't be as immersed in as it started adding more and more and more and more things that made it more complex. My world building immersion score is another six and a half. On an otherwise, like, all of those qualms made it a six and a half. I just have to be clear there. I understand. That's how the scoring system works, yes. It's I had a lot of no, I I'm trying to accentuate the fact that I had a lot of problems, so, but it only brought it down to like still above average. Jake, when you said you know what happened here, what I assumed you thought was happening was we were gonna like flip flop our you know, story and world building and immersion scores, but you gave it the same score for both. <laughs> so I don't know what you thought was well, no, happening. What there. what was happening there was that I was gonna give it a lower than probably a lot of people would. He really score. pulled a Jimmy Neutron on this one. Totally. <laughs> Um, I gave it an eight as well. Um, look, for me, this movie was really immersive the first time I watched it and remains very, very immersive. What the world building is sublime here. Yeah. What takes me out of it a little bit is the the scenes that go back to the liquor store rip me out, especially when all the other nightmares are like put into this forest world. That's just like a little bit jarring. And then also, I think um, I t- entirely lost my train of thought. Nice. So, and th- the other thing that does take me out a little bit on this viewing, and it does get worse the more viewings I have, is after the guy gets strung up and his tent is collapsed, like in from that scene until they find the cabin, that scene really drags for me. Um, I, I think that's the movie's weakest sequence. It doesn't even really feel like there's stakes there, even though people are dying. Like, that's where the movie drags and is at its weakest but apart from I mean, that it's, segment it's a fucking eight it's great it's a greatly about that. hugely immersive movie and they build a great world huge scare factor is our third category mark what is your scare factor score i gave it a six um old gods are not really a thing that resonate with me to my core to the point where it's easy to score scare points for me but i still find that this is a very well executed obviously people getting fucked with in the woods, which is spooky in its own right. The scene with all of them in the nightmare sequences in the cabin masterclass in that, in, in, in exactly how to create that specific scene. And obviously the creature itself, pretty impeccable. I actually, the, the thing that this movie does the best about that creature is the early scenes where you see it behind some trees and then it just moves and you didn't even realize it was there in the first place. The hand. The hand, but also just the hands, the legs. Yeah, there's a, there's a, they do it a couple times, and mm-hmm. supposedly you can see the eyes in the backgrounds of shots that I was looking out oh, for, and shit. I couldn't, I couldn't see them this time around. So I'm gonna need someone smarter than myself to point them out yeah. to me. But in any case, yeah, it's it's a spooky movie, but this isn't one that really like filled me with existential dread or anything like that. Yeah. Jake, how about you? I gave it the same score, largely the same reason. Um, a creature like that is not really going to make me quake in my boots, but at the same time, like we've belabored the point that that first cabin scene is really impactful. I think that there's good build here. I liked the start of the reveal with like the fingers on the tree, especially with like how that was set up and staged. That shot was amazing. I didn't really touch on this in the podcast. I thought I'd get back to it. So lack of execution on my part, but I do feel like they started, they got to a point where I, for me, they were showing a little too much. There was one scene in particular like where they were getting water, and then I think they were coming up out of that goalie, and in the background, you could pretty much see the full body of the thing. I would have preferred they didn't do that at that particular point. However, unsettling atmosphere, very, very good, but the type of scare here 
outside of people getting fucked with is not one that is likely to make me lose sleep. So it's hard to give it higher than that. Yeah, boys, this is kind of fitting because uh, we give it a six, six, six yeah. for scare factor. Well, it's specifically um, not fitting because that's a number that is associated with like the Christian faith, <coughs> which this is wow. not. But it's horror. <laughs> fine, so. fine, Mark, ruin my take here. I get say no, nothing to add. I agree with what both yeah. you said. Effects or judicious lack thereof is our penultimate category. Mark, effects or judicious lack thereof. So I want to start by talking about all of the things that this movie does that we haven't really mentioned yet. The costuming is great. Shooting Go on quick. set is on scene is great. The set, the sets that they're on, these like cabins that they built in the woods, they're very sparse, but they're good. That like the the black mass looks phenomenal. The the deity statue thing that Phil ends up praying to in that first cabin is you know appropriately creepy and sourced from materials that you would have if you were building a cabin in the woods right there the fire looks pretty good so all of that is pretty low degree of difficulty and they nail it which is great good for them now let's get to the leshy the main fucking villain of this thing like I said this is a 20 foot tall elk monster that is the bastard son of Loki that is representing an old god that is entirely, as far as I'm aware, animated by CG. That is where the degree of difficulty comes in, and that is what stuck in my brain as what sets this movie apart as being good. So if you can nail something that hard at that high a degree of difficulty to the point where I remember this thing three years later and say, yeah, we need to go back and watch that, then you did you did it good. <laughs> you, <laughs> you did it good. You, you done good on this one. I gave it a nine. <laughs> I, I mean, there's a few nitpicks you can take with stuff, but they fucking nailed this thing. Fuck Jake. Yeah, I mean, I largely agree with that take. I gave it an eight and a half. I think this is a very, very good example of how to do CG right. That being said, there are still elements of this that are CG, so it's like really, really hard to do something that leans this heavily on CG, a perfect score. That being said, it's really good, guys. It's really good. Yeah, I gave it a nine also. I'm trying to, like, I, I... Obviously, we love practical effects, but the reason we love them is because they often look better yeah. and not like CG. But when I would look at this, it looks fucking great. Maybe that won't hold up. I don't know, but it looks fucking great. I gave it a nine. It's not perfect. There are some issues with the the camera lenses. That was almost enough for me to bring it down to an eight. Like there's some of that, you know, lens filtering or post effect filtering. Um, for when it's more light to make it look less light, but mm. oh, I see fuck, those are okay. nitpicky little things and unimportant scenes. Yeah. This is a nine. I think this what it boils down so much. Yeah, I think what it boils down to is, it, speaking only for myself, but hopefully speaking for you guys, like I just don't like looking at something that is noticeably CG, even if it looks good. Like I, there's something in my brain that's like I, I don't, I. It's CG. It, it's like an automatic disqualification. And this I one, play enough video games that I do not care. Yeah. Well, this one almost broke that. It it looks about as good as it could. <laughs> so I mean, one of the props. one of the things that they do here, and this should be potted under effects, is that they when they they do show the whole thing, which is laudable, but they also yeah. light it almost entirely with like a fire or some yep. level of silhouetting. So the full yep. like detail and rendering and like shadows and stuff is way fucking easier to realize. It's all nice. A little bit more of a the way you have to do it, right? It's a great way to do yeah. it. Right, exactly. So they exe- they they in a way they they did a lot but they still knew what they had to do in order for it to look good and they did that. Yep. Yeah, the the things to which we've given tens are have a certain level of innovation that I think this is doesn't have. Um, yeah, I think that's so. fair. But either way, um, let's go into overall. Mark, what's your overall score? I'll keep it 
sweet and short here. I gave it an eight. This is a great movie. I, with the thing I'd written down that I'm going to stick by is it's unique yet familiar. I feel like I've seen this movie, but it is a take that is fresh and interesting to me. And that's, I think what really, what sets it apart. Jake. Yeah, I, I gave it a seven. I, it's a, it's a good movie. I enjoy watching it. It, on this viewing, which is my second really hard sit down and pay attention to it. It got a little bit stretched in my opinion, but How dare same you. time it's a good it's a good movie for sure. I give it an eight. This is my third full, like actually pay attention to it viewing on all of them and it gets better every time I watch it. That that the the part I've described mm. as feeling slow to me feels slower every time I watch it, but the good parts feel better. Um, I enjoy it more That's every time I watch it and I respect it more. So it's a, it's an eight for me. This movie's fucking fantastic. This is a frankly maybe one of i mean it's like it's funny we were just talking about the autopsy of jane doe but like this is up there for one of the most underrated like recent horror movies to come out yeah agreed it's got like no fanfare in the wider well, which world. is weird for like a movie that's so readily accessible right yeah 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 or, or not i mean a lot of these movies that go to vod like netflix don't get a huge fanfare Right, it's not yeah, like Netflix. It's... Just it's just a volume game. They put shit yeah. out, and they're like, some of this is really, really good, and some of this is horrible, and it gets about the same amount of press regardless of what we do here. So right, like the wider world talks about Hereditary because it's in theaters and everybody's fucking talking about it. But yeah, man, this movie's fucking great. Um, that's that's it. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. I think that's pretty easy. Thumbs up for me. Thumbs why, up. Why? Why? No, no reason not to recommend this. To that, I got movie. I got two thumbs, and both of them are up. Yup. Yeah. Yep. There we go. Let's get the fuck out of here. This has been episode 204 of the A to Z Whorecast. Check out everything we have going on. Head over, head on over to a to z whore.com or come hang out with us on any of our social media channels. Those are Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're on Patreon, as Jack mentioned at the top of the episode. You can come hang out with us there right now. It's something you can do, and we would love to have you. However, it's probably not the best place for your money to be going right now. And for that reason, all of our proceeds are continuing to go to Feeding America. So if you decide you are still here hanging out with us, you like what we got going on, you want to join up, just note that money's going to be going somewhere that actually matters right now, and you're going to get the same great content as you always would. As always, the music has been coming at you from Super Bear. Their link is going to be down there in the description below, along with all of our social media stuff. And next week, we're moving along to an actual Jack pick, unlike this one that you thought was. I still can't get over your hair right now. The listener will never know. Uh, it's The Sacrament, which you, not two seconds ago, not on air, did not know that you picked, so that's fun. I still think I might have picked The Ritual, <laughs> frankly. Well, you you did pick The Sacrament. We're going to be reviewing that like roughly one week from today, depending on how editing goes. Question mark? Hey. Until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some horror movies. Have a great week, everybody. Classic hooligan weapon. And then they said, oi, 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 let's go watch some football, mate.